Today's video is brought to you by Candid. Hey brother! Guys, what a treat it is to be getting new Star Wars material right here in the middle of the year. In case you missed it, last week the first two episodes of the new series The Bad Batch dropped on Disney+. Not gonna lie, I wasn't super anticipating this show, but after the first five minutes I was completely hooked, and by the end of the second episode I was almost crying. So if you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out. Otherwise, spoilers are coming for the first two episodes. The Bad Batch, if you don't know are Clone Force 99, a defective group of clones who have all benefited in some way from a genetic mutation that occurred in the cloning process. Hunter has increased senses, Wrecker is really strong, Tech is really smart, and Crosshair has enhanced vision, making him an excellent marksman. Oh, and also there's Echo. He's a reg, but he's got droid arms! He's more machine now than man. But then in the first episode, we get introduced to a fifth Bad Batcher, Omega, and she is something special. And at first, you don't even realize she's a clone because for one, she appears to be the only female clone ever created of Jango Fett. And for two, she's still quite young compared to the rest of the clones. But either way, it is confirmed that she is in fact a clone and possibly the most unique of them all, possessing abilities of all the other Bad Batchers. If not possibly a connection to the Force, but that remains to be seen. At the very least, she also appears to be a good marksman and has some level of enhanced empathy. But as cool as that all is, and as exciting excited as I am to start seeing Omega in action, I think it's all a grand misdirect because the story we're actually watching is the story of Rey's mother. Before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Candid. Are you unhappy with your smile? Because you do not have to be. Thanks to Candid, thousands of people have used their comfortable clear aligner to straighten their teeth and now love their smile. Like Cameron S. from Nashville, Tennessee, who says, once I started Candid, my life changed completely. I started going to the gym more. I started eating better. I even have better dental hygiene. My goal for my wedding was perfect teeth and Candid got me there. And when you work with Candid, you work with a licensed orthodontist who is an expert in tooth movement. And that same person will work with you through the entire process. The average Candid treatment only takes six months, but honestly, you're gonna start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. So become your best you and start straightening your teeth today. Right now, our viewers can save $75 on Candid Starter Kit by going to candidco.com SCB and using promo code SCB. Again, that is candidco.com SCB promo code SCB, our viewers can get $75 off Candid's starter kit. One more time, candidco.com slash SCB code SCB. Link is in the description down below. Wow, you guys, I can't believe we are here yet again. I thought after episode nine, the Ray's parents theories would just disappear. But alas, I was wrong. We're back. <laughs> it makes me feel nostalgic. But like, oh my gosh, all the pieces line up so well. I was literally shaking with excitement writing this script. But okay, let's start with what we already know about Rey's parentage. In The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren oh so helpfully fills us in that they are absolute nobodies, junk traders. They're filthy junk traders. Yeah, I, I just said that. But then in The Rise of Skywalker, we learned that that's really only true from a certain point of view. Yes, they were junk traders and nobodies, but that was by choice because her father, it turns out, was actually secretly the son of Emperor Palpatine. 
Unlike Big Palps himself, though, his son, Ray's father, is not Force-sensitive at all. You think he called himself Big Palps? I think he did. Come to Palpasa. Oh wait, no force, never mind. The fact that he wasn't connected to the force though made him essentially worthless to Palpatine and he was totally an outcast, unimportant in any way, except that he continued the bloodline. And outcast is a really good term because I keep saying son, but that's not really the right word. Because Ray's father wasn't Palpatine's son in the traditional sense. Instead, he's what's known as a strand cast. A strand cast is an artificial life form constructed through various scientific methods such as bioengineering, cloning, and genetic experimentation. The genetic structure of a strand cast could be significantly altered through genetic engineering, resulting in a non-identical clone of the original source. And we actually first learned about this term in The Mandalorian, where it looks like the real reason the Empire wants Grogu's blood is so that they can use it to start trying to make strand casts of Palpatine himself. But don't worry, we would never let anything happen to you. And honestly, we don't know how successful they end up being with Grogu's blood, but we do know they are eventually successful in some way because the greatest example of a strand cast is actually Supreme Leader Snoke. He represents a successful strand cast clone of Palpatine because he can use the force. Rey's father, on the other hand, unsuccessful can't use the force. And that's all we really know about Rey's father, other than that eventually he meets a woman and together they have Rey, who appears to be the actual benefactor of the Strandcast experiment and is endowed with immense force powers, the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. Which, yes, if you're keeping track, does mean that it's possible part of Rey's powers came from Grogu's blood, which is awesome, full video by clicking the card. And if you're also keeping up with the premise of this video, it also means that Rey's powers might not have only come from her father, but also her super strand cast clone mother, Omega. All right, here we go. First, let's just cover the basic things. Does the timing work? Now, timing can be tricky and easily to lose track of in the Star Wars universe because sometimes it's 30 years between movies and sometimes it's like mere seconds. Sometimes they even overlap, like Rogue One ends a few seconds into A New Hope. But Bad Batch takes place immediately following the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's 19 BBY, or 19 years before the Battle of Yavin. Yavin? Omega looks to be about 10 in the show, which would make her 29 by the start of A New Hope, and 33 by the end of Return of the Jedi. And we know Rey is born 15 ABY, that's 15 years after the Battle of Yavin, so Omega would have to be pregnant with her at the ages of 43 to 44, which may sound a little on the high end, especially since we get a look at Ray's mom, and it's hard to tell at a glance, but I'd say she looks younger than 40. But here's the thing, that's okay, because Omega isn't a regular human. She's a clone, and in fact, she's not even a regular clone. She's a bad batcher who, if anything, looks like maybe part of her genetic mutation is aging slower. Then of course, there is her immediate attraction to the Bad Batch themselves. She is drawn to them at once, like the moment they arrive and immediately identifies as one of them, as another defective clone. And I dare say that is exactly how Ray's father would identify himself. As an outcast clone, it is a very natural thing the two could bond over. In fact, I dare say the fact that neither of them has actual parents or lineage of any kind reinforces the idea that they are nobodies, as stated by Kylo Ren. You come from nothing. 
You're nothing. Like, do you get it? They literally came from nobody. But it's not just that. The Bad Batch is already laying some very obvious parallels between Rey and Omega. For example, when the Bad Batch returns to Kamino, Wrecker eagerly adds new ticks to the wall to mark off the number of successful missions the group has completed. And you know who else has a long-running series of ticks on their wall? Ray. And yes, I know just like leaving ticks on a wall is a very tropey thing to do in TV shows and movies. And maybe all they're trying to do is reinforce how successful the Bad Batch is as a unit. But remember, later in the same episode, Omega sneaks into their room to poke around because she looks up to and idolizes these guys so much. And besides that, the crew leaves the barracks and abandons Kamino altogether by the end of the episode. So why show us the ticks at all? Like, it honestly would not surprise me if Wrecker starts a new series of ticks wherever they go and Omega totally picks up the habit. Another thing Omega finds in the Bad Batch's room while she's poking around is a crudely made doll that belongs to Wrecker. And maybe this is just a joke that the big strong guy has a stuffed animal in his room, but do you know who else has a crudely made doll in their house? Ray. But maybe the biggest parallel so far has been when Omega arrives on the first planet that isn't Kamino. She steps out and cannot believe her eyes. She is fascinated literally by dirt. And do you know what this immediately reminded me of? I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. Which, fun fact, that was shot on the green screen, so when Ray's saying it, it's actually even greener than what you're seeing. But hey, while we're on the Millennium Falcon, I also couldn't help but notice that the relationship between Han and Ray is extremely similar to that of Hunter and Omega. The seasoned old soldier rescues a promising young girl from the desolate world she grew up on and almost immediately assumes a fatherhood role, even if he tries to deny it at first. Wouldn't be nice to you. It's for your own good. And then just on top of all that, you also have to ask yourself like, what is the point of this show? How is it going to connect to the greater Star Wars universe? I mean, most of the stories you hear happening between episodes three and four are about the early stages of the rebellion forming or Thrawn. But at this point, we know that story pretty well and Omega isn't a part of it at all that we know of. And what her purpose is seems to be the main mystery of the show. I mean, Cut, the ex-clone trooper, states it outright. The Kaminoans don't create without a purpose. You all have one, so what's hers? What is hers indeed, Cut? What indeed? And look, if it's just a story about a renegade group of soldiers finding meaning in life after the war by adopting a girl, that's fine. But I kind of doubt it because this is Star Wars and despite it being a really giant galaxy, everyone always kind of feels very close together and interconnected. Which means Omega has to grow up to be someone and Rey's mother totally bits. And if she is, I mean, how poetic that Palpatine himself ordered the creation of the clones and possibly this little girl herself. And in their efforts to create a strand cast of Palpatine, the Empire created Rey's father. And then those two people got together to create Rey, who ultimately defeats him. I mean, not to jump universes here, but it totally reminds me of that line from Dumbledore about tyrants. Voldemort himself created his worst enemy, just as tyrants everywhere do. Have you any idea how much tyrants fear the people? people they oppress, all of them realize that one day, amongst their many victims, there is sure to be one who rises up against them and strikes back. Tyrants create their own worst enemies, and in this case, they would have literally been created. <laughs> 
Guys, I honestly had a blast diving down this rabbit hole once again, and I'm excited because I think next week is going to be a blast too because next week is SCB Spirit Week. <laughs> if you haven't participated in Spirit Week before, it is super easy. Basically, we just invite everyone who is a member of the Super Carlin Brothers community to post a photo each day celebrating a different fandom we cover here on the channel with hashtag SCB Spirit Week. And each day we'll have a specific theme, starting with Pokemon Monday, Harry Potter Tuesday, Marvel List Wednesday, Disney and Pixar Thursday, Formal Friday, that's where you dress up real fancy just for fun, Star Wars Saturday, and SCB Sunday. And you can get as creative or uncreative as you want with it. You could have a costume or a themed outfit or show off a collection you have or make food or just whatever you wanna do. Anything at all that says, I like this thing. Ben and I will both be participating as well and we'll be reposting as many of you as we can on our Instagram story so make sure you are using the hashtag. We're also gonna have daily prizes over on Instagram as well, and we'll be capping off the end of the work week with a live trivia stream on Friday, May 22nd. I am so excited, it's gonna be so much fun. But Ben, my question for you and everyone else is, first of all, what do you think of the Bad Batch so far? And two, do you think Omega could be Ray's mom? Let me know in the towel section down below. Thanks so much as always for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Star Wars action from us. If you want to see how Ray and Grogu might be connected, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.